Welcome, everybody. I am Lauren McMeekin, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. And we are Purely OCD. Yes, we are. Just keep in mind, this is not a replacement for therapy, and it's for educational purposes only. This week, we will be talking about contamination OCD um, and some pitfalls or speed bumps or challenges challenges with contamination and exposures in COVID life. So yes. we hope that we can educate and help in some way, shape, or form. And we go over each week live on Instagram where we go over common obsessions, common compulsions, and common exposure work. So without further ado, here we go. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. I'm slow. Uh, no, why? you're not slow. I was just telling everybody that we're going to be talking about contamination OCD today. And one of our listeners was asking what contamination OCD was. So okay. I just wanted, yeah. So yeah. So the fear of, you mentioned illness, Liam, that, yeah, the fear is that you're going to somehow contract an illness through touching or coming into contact with a virus or a bacteria, something. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so really distracted. Um, no, I hope everyone okay. enjoys my very wrinkled shirt. I changed oh, I, outfits like five times. I can't even see your very wrinkled shirt. Well, thank God. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. I'm good. <laughs> hey, Lauren. You're awesome. Hi, Hi Kelly. You're awesome. Um, you're awesome. So, yeah, I, I was <coughs> just saying it must be tough right now with contamination OCD. And it is. I think a lot of mm -hmm. people are struggling in terms of working through their own, just because there's the obvious concern of contamination that we're all facing at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, contamination is a big topic. So mm -hmm. we're probably going to, did you talk about breaking it up into emotional? I no, I haven't okay. yet. So you go for it. So I think we're going to break it up in terms of emotional contamination versus germ contamination. I think last time we talked about harm kind of coming into the realm, they all can really be um, summed up, I think, in big, broad terms, OCD anyways, contamination or like an existential, like a bigger subtype, those two big ones. I've heard somebody say that. I think they're, they're pretty I accurate. I think I'm losing. Uh-oh. Sorry, you were cutting out a little bit. I don't know if you were cutting out or I was cutting out, but I couldn't hear you. Um, hmm. Did you get oh. me in the back? I think so. Oh, there oh you are. Oh my God, so, story of my life. Wait, you heard it summed up that they could all fit into which categories? Well, that OCD in general can be um, summed up into two big categories. Like all of them could kind of fall under contamination or existential. Mm. Interesting. From, I, yeah, I can get from a, that. a very well-known, well-liked therapist that we both know. Um, Aha. Uh -huh. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Very cool. So I don't, you know, I think if you think of contamination, it's such a huge thing. Like if you think about harm, HOCD, ROCD, they kind of fit into this existential crisis, right? Like who am yes. I? Yes. What am I? And then contamination stuff is contamination. There's also the disgust factor, I think, that I don't know if we should separate that in this talk today. Um, do you know what I mean? Because it's kind yeah, of on no, its I own. Do. Okay. I do. Yeah, and just to, to sort of point out what Kelly's talking about is that when we're working with contamination, sometimes people are, maybe it's self-evident based on what you're saying, but like the sort of ick factor or the grossness is, is really what we're learning to tolerate as opposed to the anxiety component, because sometimes people aren't anxious per se yes. about the, the fear of contamination. They're just, Ugh, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Like There's that. no That's feared <laughs> consequence. It's just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, disgust. the feared cons consequences that you're constantly going to feel that disgust, right? That it's like yeah. I don't want to feel that. So right. 
Yeah. So I know, I think that's a great idea to, to maybe start with, with the more traditional contamination with anxiety. And then, you know, depending on how we go, we can add in the, the more discussed oriented or not, or we'll save it. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to miss a bunch because we're not perfect. Um, I know for sure. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one is. So I've heard that. Uh, I don't want to so, be perfect. It's way too much work. Yeah. Um, no, that's not, it's not going to work out for me. Perfection. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't gone too well for us. Okay. No, no. So we're going to stay on the track. So toodle, come on, let's come go on. Toodle. <laughs> um, and then also with that, um, this is not a replacement for therapy. Oh gosh, this that's is a for point. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I get those. You always get those. Uh, yeah. In the shower, I was like, say that, say that, just say Don't it every time. To say that educational purposes only. And that's like yes. both of our, our social media pages. They're just education. Mm -hmm. We can't provide therapy on this platform. So if you have any questions, if you can put them in sort of broad terms, because we can't tell you how to behave or how to do exposure specifically, just, you know, big, big broad questions we can look at, but we can't provide direct advice because that's sort of in the realm of therapy, right? And that wouldn't be appropriate. So, so let's talk about common obsessions within the realm of contamination OCD as a starting point, shall we? We shall. I feel like it's only, it's, this one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if it goes into like STDs and what if I accidentally get someone pregnant and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or versus like just the germs, but I kind of throw those together. That's why it's hard to pull them apart. Yeah. Well, and so there's also, I'm going to throw this out there and I think that this probably is in a different category, mm -hmm. but there's also concerns about contamination of substances, right. which I see come up. So that's right. another thing, but I think probably anything that to your point, like falls under the category of catching an illness, right? There's health anxiety, mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily a contracted illness so much as something uh, generally, I think of it this way anyway, something like cancer or uh, heart disease or something like that versus this is which where, where it's a communicable disease. How do you like that vocab word? Wow. SAT, man. <laughs> Can you just turn down the IQ for a minute? Okay. Mm, I'll, I'll, don't worry. I will real Let's quick. Let's try. Okay. Down. Um, so... Yeah. So anything I can't that you could say catch. it. I can't repeat it. Communicable. Communicable. You did, I did it. it. You did it. You totally yeah. did it. Yeah. Nailed it. That's me high fiving you from the other Yay. side of the screen. Yep. Um. um so, but I right. think the the compulsions are some of them are the more stereotypical compulsions that we think of within the realm of OCD, like. Hold on, hold on. Washing. Go. Let me yeah. just read. Let me um, adjust because I have anxiety issues, obviously. And <laughs> that's so weird. I don't know what that's like at all. Nobody here I does. I can't get comfortable, and oh. my bones hurt. So. Oh, that's that. That's good, right? Yeah, that's always a, a good time. Okay, so we're on the compulsions. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, compulsions in this realm, which can include things like compulsive washing mm -hmm. and what else um it would be compulsive checking too like so did we agree we are going to go into stuff like what if i um have a catch yeah yeah like, yep. so that's so yeah, checking please. for like even like a color like going into a bathroom and if they see something that's vaguely red they might red. double check visually check before they even go into um, a bathroom stall um Visually checking the couches. I've seen that a few times in my office where people are concerned about bodily fluids. So mm -hmm. they'll look and see. I'm sure you've seen that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we going to go into chemical stuff? Sure. Or no? Let's do it. Yeah. 
why not? That's, I mean, maybe this is uh, like sort of going back to the question of different obsessions. So mm -hmm. we've got a fear of contracting an STD, fear mm -hmm. of contamination with substances and chemicals like cleaning products. Mm -hmm. And we've got sort of um, just contracting illnesses, even like the flu or the common cold, which is where also this brand <laughs> falls into the sort of concentric oh. circles of emetophobia, right? That there's also some concurrent anxieties there. Yeah, I think we should do phobias. I didn't even think of that. Not now, but you know. <laughs> no, that's a good um, one. I agree. By the way, emetophobia, I would never have known what that meant unless I worked in this field. So emetophobia is the fear of throwing up. Mm. So, and COVID, yes, of course, COVID is one of those things that you could potentially contract and that people do have, which is hard, understandable contamination concerns regarding. And so working with people who have anxiety related to that can be challenging. Right. And I would just say that a lot of, so pre-COVID, when I was, I had a handful of clients that were pretty high octane contamination yeah. and they were on the upswing of things, which mm. was fantastic. But yeah. imagine their recovery process of like, you know, they're just there. And yeah. actually I will say, I think that they, they handled it better than most people yeah. that they were able to say like, well, but you just had me touch a bunch of handles in public restrooms like a week ago. And yeah. now I have a contamination towel that you're I'm carrying around and I'm recontaminating myself. I'm fine. Like this is okay. Yeah. yeah. But I think it became just oppressive in terms of like just the lockdown itself, you know. Anyway, well, especially that was because derailed. Well, I was just Sorry. gonna add, no, I don't think it did because I think that the compulsivity, what we traditionally might have seen as compulsive behaviors are no longer considered compulsive. I have to say right. for myself that I've never really had the the fears related to traditional contamination. And so no. I was not a hand sanitizer user. I was, you know, I washed my hands when it was, you know, prudent to do so, but I wasn't washing my hands every time I got home for sure. So there's prudent, by the way. I'm gonna prudent. ding ding every time ding. your IQ goes up. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. You're right. Uh-huh. Following amazing. Um yeah, so all of these things that were, we would have considered inherently sort of compulsive before if you were, you know, using hand sanitizer a whole bunch and using hand, uh, hand washing excessively, but that line gets blurry with the, the introduction of COVID. Yeah. And I think a lot of the big programs like McLean and Rogers stopped taking any contamination clients because of the real risk that was yeah. going on. I mean, essentially the treatment protocol is go contaminate yourself. Take yeah. the risk that you're going to get the flu. Let's yeah. go risk that you're going to get a cold and right. see that you can survive it. And obviously <laughs> we yeah. can't do that no, in COVID. No. So, um, Although I will say that this is where, I don't think I'm derailing if I talk about treatment briefly. Are we good to? No, no, let's get into it. I think, yeah, no, do it. I was just going to say that even within the realm of COVID, though, response prevention is accessible, right? Even, even if you're not necessarily going to go out and do the active exposure work, um, you are able to limit the amount of times that you are doing washing or cleansing behaviors. And so there comes right. a point at which even the behaviors that we're all being encouraged to partake in because of COVID, that it even so can become compulsive when it's excessive. And that's where we can limit the amount of times that we're engaged. Right. So nothing more like the excessiveness gets what we kind of, I think our, our, our director and our center took the approach of nothing beyond what the CDC had recommended. Exactly. And when we were taking on new contamination clients, 
I didn't actually take on any contamination clients. Did you? Mm, I have. I've taken on a couple. Okay. Very difficult. Um, yeah, because it's hard to do yeah. response prevention if you're not doing active, like really active exposures. I mean, response yeah. prevention is such a huge part of treatment. Like if you can remove um, compulsions alone, you're going to get significantly better. But yeah. it's hard to just remove those without, you know, pairing them with a very active exposure. Um, right. Right. Because what you're doing is reorienting your perspective. And mm -hmm. this is, yeah, generally exposure work, whether it's related to contamination or otherwise, is you're leaning in, you're showing yourself like, I don't need to run away from anxiety. I can just, I can well, run out. I can your charge. Pants. Yeah, totally. <laughs> charging it whilst peeing your whilst, pants. Whilst peeing your pants. There is no doubt about just that. Like, you're Bravehearting it, right? Like you're, <laughs> what, what's his name? Wallace? Uh, I don't know. Well, William me. Wallace. You oh, know, Braveheart. Yeah. Braveheart, the guy. Gosh, good memory. Man, Warren, you were like Rain Man with the name. Seriously. Oh I am my a Rain Manny. I, Very um... good with names. Your memory is <laughs> impeccable. Thank you. So, um, um, but you know, that Scotsman who just like, you know, yeah. you think of the, I actually have it on my page. Of, you do. Uh, Mel Gibson in face paint running. Mm -hmm toward the battle and that's what we're talking mm -hmm. about when we do exposure work it's i'm gonna purposely put myself in the position of being with my anxiety bam and i'm gonna pee my pants <laughs> i might and that's fine. too I might or throw up myself and, or throw up or but that it's okay we're gonna allow ourselves to just feel our feelings and have our bodily right. sensations as it turns out today <laughs> As it turns out, that's where we're at, okay, on that is this lovely day of August 31st, 2020. Oh gosh, is it really August 31st? Whoa. It sure is. Wow. Anyhow. I'm getting existential. Okay, cool. Um, cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, cool. Let's just keep moving on and pretend like this year didn't happen. Okay, thanks. Um, so, so also yeah. with that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was going to say also with that, with some of my contamination clients who were living in a home with other folks that are in high risk, it became even more of a reduction in their usual active exposure work. And there's like the second guessing is like, well, you told me we don't, we're throwing away hand sanitizer. Like we're going to light them on fire and never look at them again. And now in the news, they're just saying like hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, and, yeah. you know, Good Morning America is like, has Dr. Oz on, like showing you how to, and I'm like, Apply oh it. my God, this is not, this is, this is so not, unhelpful. This is not, this no. is not a good deal. No. Um, but it is there because it's going to help people save their lives and others' lives. So, well, and it's the flavor in which you use it, right? Not the flavor of the hand sanitizer. I think that only comes in pretty much the one flavor, but, um, well, the, true the flavor of how, like your, your approach, right. Your, right. And I think that's what we can still work on is how much, and maybe a turn toward values, because how much of your life do you want eaten up by this and how little are you willing to risk or how much are you willing to like, at what point are you willing to tolerate the risk? God, it was so hard. I feel like it's gotten easier, but it was pretty bad for a while. Well, yeah. in terms of yeah. illness stuff, I was freaked out. Like even treating people, my harm obsessions would come at like, oh my gosh, did I harm my client? Because I had them not spray down their Amazon boxes. And right. it was just right. very, um, very, uh, it was just a fine line. Right. Absolutely. And I think what's hard too is that we're so aware of the uncertainty of this circumstance because it's constantly unfolding. And so right. <laughs> one week, I remember like for like two months, like one week they're like, oh, this is fine. And then the next week they're like, no, this isn't. I'm, I would text you and be like, holy shit. <laughs> holy balls well, like I, what did I just do to my client <laughs> yeah oh my absolutely. god 
Absolutely. Like at the beginning, they were saying that um, animals couldn't carry it. Right. I remember reading that that all changed. I was like, well, so much for that. So it, it is hard. People are scared to follow even guidelines because of that. And yet you have to draw a line in the sand at some point. It, at, at some stage, it's got to be like, this is it. Otherwise, or the other alternative is that your life becomes consumed with not contracting something. And, that, and that's a viable alternative mm-hmm. if that's what you really want. But I think that most people with OCD feel trapped. Right. And let's just be really clear here. You could do as many compulsions as you think is like safe, right? Like excessive washing or checking. And just to come out, turn out that you get COVID, like you have no guarantee yeah. Yeah. that you, your compulsions are actually keeping you safe. No, it's just the expense of your mental health now is at risk, which is what you were saying is like values. How do I want to live my life? Well, do you want to be somebody who goes to work and has to get fill up gas, go to the gas station and, and, you know, show up and spend an hour with your child versus an hour in the garage decontaminating your whole body, right? Like there's a huge um, difference in that type of mind frame versus the mind frame of, well, I'm, I'm absolutely terrified and I'm frozen and not going to step into anything. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I want to point out, which is, I think, coming out as we talk about it is the role of avoidance in in compulsions compulsions related to contamination and people won't touch things. People won't obviously sometimes go outside. So that's another element that if you find yourself with these sort of concerns that you might find yourself doing in a problematic way. And the other thing I was going to say, too. Hmm is that you had mentioned the family members who have, uh, you know, compromised immune systems Mm -hmm. and that this is where, again, like on our concentric circles, I'm going to keep referencing that, but the sort of Venn diagram of life of OCD life is where we start to see. And I think we may have mentioned this in the contamination or the harm stuff is that the fear of I'm going to harm somebody by contracting COVID myself and then passing it along to somebody with a compromised immune system or HIV or whatever. Right. Well, like the STDs and, and, um, bodily fluids, a lot of people will avoid, um, intercourse. They might do a lot of, um, checking, like going to get tested. Um, I know this is like, we'll probably laugh, but for, for nine, 10 months when I was pregnant, I literally thought I got pregnant from a pool. Like I thought somebody's <gasps> okay. We can laugh. So, so, Fine. Some, somebody, but it was like, back swimming skimmer. Around, you know? yeah, I thought somebody yeah. probably masturbated. They got into the pool, there's semen on their pants and now it found its way to my vagina and I am and housing their child. And here we are, <laughs> here we are. So housing their child. Yeah. Now I am the vessel. So as you can imagine. (laughs) Um, I feel like you're really going to appreciate this. This is unrelated, but. Is it a vagina or. It's got nothing to do with vagina. It has to do with Muppets actually. Oh, yay. I know. So I've been watching the Muppet shows recently. Oh, have you? Stepchildren. And. Yeah. Oh my God, they're so good. Um, they both were like, "You got to watch these," and they were so right on. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I was that somebody mentioned the other day was the sort of the the pratfalls that the Muppets do, and I realized mm-hmm. I do them all the time, and that when I'm on the screen, it looks like I like I, I'll laugh and I'll do like <laughs> that, right? Like I'll just like ha ha ha. ha. So anyway, <laughs> if you see me Muppet fall, that's what's going on. I'm doing it too. I'm sure I'm doing it. It's good. Sorry. It's great. No, toodle. Sorry, I got us off the rails. No, it's so good. It's important that we keep everyone's attention. <laughs> and no better way to do that than with, with Miss Piggy and Kermit oh, the Frog. I swear geez. I don't work for ABC, but you really got to watch the show The Muppets. It's really well, did you work for ABC? I worked for NBC. I did not work for ABC. I worked for HBO. Oh dang! Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I work for. 
<laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> why is that so funny to me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I okay. also worked for Fox. The, there was a show on Fox that I did. So, and okay. uh, stars. Anyway, whatever. Right. The Half fancy. Life. Half life. life. Yeah. We change careers a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Where were we? Oh, compulsion. <laughs> yes. Okay. Compulsion. So we talked about avoidance, checking. I would like to touch on the wet paint stuff a bit. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Please take it. Take it. Well, I don't know how many people have heard of the wet paint concept, but it's essentially with contamination stuff, this concept that the contaminated item is like a thing of paint, right? And now you've stuck your hand in it and you can almost visually see everything you've touched. And really the compulsion is mental, mental hoarding, Tracking. mental review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of able to visually see like, okay, I touched the bed, that's dirty now. And you're just keeping inventory and yeah. having to go back and see disinfect or clear the have the sterile field and um yeah, yeah. anything to yeah. add to that no that's a I think you did a beautiful job of describing that so to recognize when you're in that sort of mind frame of treating the contaminated thing whatever it may be as though you've it's wet paint as though you've touched something with wet paint and now you're tracking it all over the place right <clears throat> and so there's the compulsion for sure. And reassurance seeking could come up. I don't necessarily see it come up all that much. Do you? I have one client. It comes up pretty strong. Um, really strong, actually. So yeah, now that you say that, I'm, I'm remembering that I have a client with contamination who it comes up pretty strong for too. Go ahead. Though. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Loss of like, well, does this, so it makes it difficult to have a client who gets a lot of reassurance seeking in contamination or any variety because when you're with your therapist they're almost acting as if you're reassurance because you're visually watching it happen so they think oh it's fine yeah I'm safe yeah I'm safe but lots of asking like does this look okay hey I touched this what do you think yeah. it's not always so blatant but it can be it can absolutely be far more like discreet as all compulsion can be um, yeah with the yeah. person who's on the receiving end not knowing that it's actually reassurance giving. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say too that I've seen a fair amount of people on social media reach out who are asking reassurance questions. I actually had somebody reach out re specifically related to contamination with chemicals. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you find yourself doing that and wanting the reassurance that's something to be mindful of that like are you are you seeking out absolute certainty and does that certainty exist well no because no absolute certainty exists but right yeah so yeah we're we try to not give reassurance sorry yes. sorry. sorry yeah and yeah it's not <laughs> because we're being mean it's because no, we care right exactly it's actually very difficult and I I think it's worth mentioning. And I, I saw somebody recently post about this, that it's, um, it's very difficult, but the whole not providing direct feedback as well, it's sort of the same element is like, we can't, that one is, I guess, a little different because we just can't ethically um, provide direct right. advice. But I, it's both things. It's not like we're cold hearted humans who don't want to, it's that we literally cannot. So. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely a cold-hearted human. Um, <laughs> I accepted that a long there. time ago. You knew it was going there, right? I did. I had a feeling. But see, that's me trying to up my anxiety. Is I could have gotten lots of reassurance in that way. That's how, that's how sneaky reassurance can be. And on some levels, going to an OCD therapist, you know, going to an office that says OCD specialist is on some level reassurance. So Absolutely. there's varying degrees. There's varying degrees. And it's not all bad. I think that uh, there, I was just having a conversation about this with somebody, the, the level of awareness 
of obsessions being obsessions varies greatly from person to person. And mm -hmm. th there are a lot of people who are in moments fairly convinced by their obsessions. I mean, I know that I've experienced that myself. I know most of my clients have. And I think that there has to be some sort of buy-in around, I'm going to take this leap for a reason, because if I'm totally convinced of my obsession, then I'm not going to do the work because that would just be, you know what I mean? And that's where we get. Into oh yeah. It. You mean like scaling or, you know, um, scaffolding reassurance to get buy-in for treatment. Is that what we're saying? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. Scaffolding. We have, ding, we ding, have, ding, ding. Ooh, Ooh, I got one. Did I really get one? one? IQ. Uh, see, I was thinking more like construction because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of it in terms of like narrative or something like that. Anyways, I'll take it. Ding. Take it. You did it. Ding. Ding. Point. Okay. I wish we could like draw on the screen and just put like point. 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 Well, you I'm already touching you're, the screen. You're... <laughs> uh, okay. okay. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I needed this today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I needed so, it also. What were so we should we take saying? questions also? Oh, do we want to talk about exposures really quick? Oh my gosh, yes, we should talk about exposures. So, so wanna, one of my it? favorites is my contamination towel. Yeah, it's my favorite. You so we take a towel. That? Yeah, yeah, take a towel. We are going to touch contaminated item because let's say they're doing contamination stuff in session with me. They're touching it, but now at some point they are going to shower in their day or they're going to use the restroom and, and wash their hands. So we want to magically get this contamination onto this towel. It's a cross-contamination tool. And now the towel feels dirty. It has to actually have the essence on it, the essence, right? like something that really feels like it has the disgust or contamination fear behind it. And yep. then they go and they contaminate items in their home that they don't want to be contaminated. Yep. Um, every time after they wash their hands, they dry it with the towel. Um, and I've had clients do several contamination towels, like one that stays in their purse, one that stays near the bathroom. Like, And you're going to have to recontaminate the towel throughout the week because it loses its magic. So yep. that's yep. one exposure. Can't have it. You? Yeah, um, I, I think... I just want to point out the difficulty and maybe this is goes without saying the difficulty of doing that with COVID. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily do that these days. I don't know. Maybe I'm no, I, yeah. I use this a lot for, I mean, yes, we can do it with illness, but I do it a lot for actually emotional contamination. I should have yeah. that. Um, there's yeah. a lot of magical thinking and emotional contamination as well. So this idea, the reason why it pairs so nicely is that this idea that, um, an item or a person has the magical ability to jump an actual, um, let's say like a personality trait yeah. onto yeah. something. It becomes even more effective because now this belief into it being on a towel is even more so. So Absolutely. I use it for that, for chemicals. Um, but yeah, if we're not, I'm not endorsing to do this at, in during COVID, obviously. Not that I thought you were. I just figured it was worth. It's fine. Reiterating. <laughs> I did not, though. Um, I just figure it's probably worth being it overly cautious with saying totally. that. Um, no, I I love that. I love the contamination to all. That's awesome. I I think one of the things that I'll sometimes have people do, and obviously I'm not going to do this with really extreme chemicals, but um, having I actually have personally in session taken like Windex and rubbed it on my hands and like patted myself down with it. Right. Like just to contaminate yourself with mm -hmm. the, with the chemical as though, you know, I think realistically the, you know, that's, that's very scary for a lot of people. Although the likelihood is relatively low that that's actually going to cause you harm again, unless it's something more, significant I can't even think of something that would fall well, in that category lead. but don't do it what about yeah. lead yeah I'm not gonna have you 
yeah contaminate yourself <laughs> or like that's one of my asbestos. big big obsession asbestos yep <laughs> i'm not gonna have you pop that yeah no i was just thinking like what's the gnarliest exposure you've ever done in session oh i think i i'm, I'm thinking too like because sometimes i'll do more um i'm sorry the mm. I'm, I was just trying to, okay, well, I'm sorry that mm, I, I can't help you, but, um, so anyway, the, the one thing that I've done to support people who are really struggling in a moment is, and, and to show them that I'm willing to get on board with them with doing particular exposures is I'll touch the bottom of my shoes and then I'll lick my hands. Oh, nice. I'm trying to think if that's ever been, you know, which one always kind of, and that makes sense, especially when there's like kids involved, like they drop food on the ground and then they're walking on the floor. And so a lot of the um, parents' worries are like, well, don't let the kid eat the food that's on the ground or food they dropped or medication they've dropped. Right. So that's why we would do a functional exposure like that. I have heard of UCLA's program which I'm sure you have too, where they take like a Skittle and put it on a toilet bowl. Oh, sure. On a rim and eat it. I'm not going to have my clients do that. That's not functional. Why would I ever (laughs) have you eat a Skittle from a toilet bowl? Right. (laughs) You tell them. I'm just saying, well, listen, their program works. So I'm not going to, I'm not trying, this isn't anti UCLA. They have helped so many of my clients. So no, no, I'm just saying, I think Lauren and I have the mindset of functionality with our um, exposures. Yes, 100%. I totally agree. And I think the reason for whatever it's worth that sometimes I'll do the touch the bottom of the shoe and then lick my hand is because it does, there is a functional element there because of the things of, like you were just saying, of people dropping things on the floor and being unwilling to, you know, eat them or whatever. Right. Or even washing after they take their shoes off from coming home, that kind mm-hmm. of eliminates, there's a lot of functionality in that one. Um, yeah. another one, um, exposure wise. Well, I this. think sometimes it involves actually somebody was just, I, I saw a brief mention of asbestos, the word being anxiety provoking. And right. I think using words and that kind of thing at the very beginning of treatment can be helpful because they can be asbestos, HIV. Um, I have uh, clients who are afraid of hypodermic needles, right? Even if they're purchased from uh, CVS and they're totally clean, that there's just anxiety about seeing the caps to the hypodermic needles, for instance. So do you have any in your office? Needles? don't I don't right now but would I'm not like in the them? Office. oh my god I would love some hypodermic needles <laughs> Kevin <laughs> left me some <laughs> oh thanks Kev that's awesome yeah that's always fun needles. when right when when you pull those out and my favorite is when I get like it's like a trifecta of so there's like three items that I'll pull out it's like a giant butcher knife and <laughs> a hypodermic needle and then this very phallic item I'm not going to get into, but I'll bring it in just as a point to say like, listen, this is all the scary stuff we deal with. Like whatever you're about to say is just kind of normalizing the process for them. I don't know why I said that, but I think it was just the needle association brain trying to be funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, I like it. Ex- I like exposures. It. So what, what's another exposure to? Yeah. Like saying the word, reading the word. Um, yep. Um, even saying about contracting. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You were going to say, um, I forgot. Oh, what was it? Rewind in my brain. Um, Rewind. it was, Okay. There's lots of mental compulsions that go on, even if you're doing an active exposure, right? So you might be resisting 
washing your hands and you're touching this contaminated item, but in your mind, you're going, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. And I'm having a client say, this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going down. It is happening today. Or it may or may not be. It may or may not. Like, because for some people, yeah. the may or may not get reassurance. For some people, it doesn't. For some people, it gives them more anxiety. Have you yeah, ever and I, that? Well, yeah. I think from my vantage point with that, I try to just say maybe the bad thing is real. And without saying may or may not be, just just stick with the 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 scary uncertainty, if that makes sense. Right. Like I don't necessarily have them say both. And so right. that's one or the other pipes up the anxiety. So either way. And I, I, I don't know, I tend to think that maybe is like and I've I've played around with both of the years, but I think going with maybe is ultimately more realistic right and I so instead of and I think part of the problem with saying like yeah I'm really fucked is that you're not necessarily going to have the same buy-in for that because it depends on the client though that's true like early on that is way scarier yeah way so just that's true it's really dependent like all the exposures we give you guys that we're saying out loud here it's so variant on the client's it's so variant on the, the process they are in treatment, right? Like if they're early on, if they're late stages, like the contamination towel, the audio recording, those are like high, those are high yeah. up there. So yeah, um, sure. you don't need to for go sure. out of the gates with those, those bad boys. But what you're saying, Lauren, is absolutely true. It's the maybe is the realistic. It's the one we truly want to accept is the uncertainty of it all. But you're totally um, right that early on, just the fear of like the ho- the most horrible thing is going to happen, right? Right. It's Instead like an imaginal. It. Yeah, totally. Um, so do we want to oh. take some questions? What do you think? Let's do it. Um, okay. And by the way, I just want to address something real quick because I, I, I've been sort of keeping an eye on the thread. I just want to clarify that at any point I indicated anything about avoiding thoughts or um, trying to get rid of doubt, I do not advocate that for that at all. Um, so for whatever oh. it's worth, because I think that there was some confusion about something that I said in that regard um, and important oh, to clarify. Yeah, I don't think that that's what was happening at all I think I that was not my might have been a way but yeah maybe a miscommunication um so I'm just going back through and then if some if anyone wants to ask any direct questions I'll see if anybody asked questions throughout what do you think Mm -hmm. let's do it okay Is it true being aware of our obsessions can make them too clear for us? I don't know that I understand the question entirely. I think it's, it, that's, it sounds like there's anxiety in that, right? That there's a, a concern of potentially the obsession becoming too clear by being aware of it. I don't know, maybe, maybe you to find could- it. It's toward the top. Maybe if you could clarify, that would be awesome. And then there's a question about opinion on psilocybin for OCD. And I don't have an opinion. That's a pillion? Wow. A I don't Maybe that's a, an, that's a new SAT word that we don't even know. Uh, we don't even know. It's so, it's so SAT. Um, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, because I just don't know enough about it. I know that there's research going into the use of psychedelics. You attended mm-hmm. the psychedelics talk at the com- conference, didn't you? I sure did. Um, about there's got to be hope. And... Yeah, how's that? <laughs> how's that? The best is when I see my clients on there with me. I'm like, hey. Um, no, they're doing. I think right before COVID, before they locked down like the schools, NYU had been approved for a controlled study group. Like they already had their, their controlled group to do wow. the psilocybin. Yeah. And then it all kind of closed down, but um, it's going to take a long time. There's definitely um, research, more research that needs to be done there, but um, yeah. it looks like there's hope. 
we don't want to go out on the streets and buy magic mushrooms, people, but I don't and hope for a cure. Yeah, no. <laughs> not a good plan. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's definitely you can read about it. I think UCLA also is doing something with PTSD and other cool. anxieties. Yeah, yeah, they're that doing could be incredible research into a lot of different substances and the research was halted at, at a certain stage like back in the 60s I want to say maybe even a little bit earlier uh, around a lot of these substances was it post Vietnam though probably or pre yeah yeah um okay oh I found it okay is it true being aware of your obsession can make them too clear for us I see um compulsions do suck liam just saw that just agreeing yeah they really do (laughs) how does harm relate to contamination so yes that's something we kind of touched on briefly i hope we answered it by then um but there's lots of obsessions like whether you've contracted something and and then you've given it to given the handoff the gift that keeps giving yeah of an STD or of a sickness or undercooking meat and then poisoning your family and guests. That's something I like to do on Friday nights. I don't know about you. (laughs) Contaminating and poisoning guests at your home. Of course. Naturally. That's Um, the only way to do a dinner party, obviously. Right. Right. Um, Oh, we're past that one. Sorry. Okay. That's a different talk. Yeah, all other subtypes. I, I saw someone said HOCD. I saw someone say religious stuff. We'll get to those. Um, every week we do a subtype. Topic. And yeah. yeah. But um, worth mentioning, just for whatever it's worth, I think we're trying to be more inclusive with the term HOCD. So n- not to, uh, a lot of people have yeah. called it HOCD for a long time, but I think we're trying to veer toward using sexual, not you, I'm just saying to educate no, no. people here um, that we're trying to use OCD. Uh-oh, I lost you. Video dropout, can you hear me? Yeah, did you say the sexual okay. orientation? Yeah, sexual orientation, okay. OCD, because people who are like I, I have somebody I work with who is bisexual who fears that maybe they aren't bisexual maybe they're actually gay or straight mm-hmm. so it's not only fear of of being gay and living a lie or transsexual as well I've had that one um yeah it's just whatever is not in line with your identifying yeah, and really points to this idea that it's not about the orientation itself, right? But it's about the fear that you're not living your true identity, basically. Right, not your, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading and talking and I'm no, that's all good. too many tabs. I know. Okay. <laughs> Thank I'm you for the good. sexual innuendos there, buddy. Um, oh, wow. Moving yeah, on. aggressive. Yeah, um, go and check if there was anything else. Let's see. Um, because, yeah. Okay. Good. I think we, did we answer all of them? Yeah, guys, if, if I missed anything, please feel, or if either of us didn't catch something, please feel free to ask now. I feel like I've got a. I wish there was a better way of doing this where I'm not like we're not like. <laughs> I know it's like silent. I feel. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm in a zone reading. Um, there's fear. It's hard not to ask for reassurance for sure. Um, I saw this this point of I'm always curious if there, the fear, the exposure will turn into a compulsion. It can. So, for sure. Yeah, because you're getting relief. You know that if you do the exposure, on one hand, you'll get relief because you've done it before. Is that what we're talking about? I think that, yeah, this the uh, Wasim, I'm not sure if that's how I say your name, but that that's the the acknowledgement that it can and the concern of it turning into 
uh, compulsion, the exposure. And I think that that's where inhibitory learning and that focus becomes so important is that mm -hmm. it's not about, like, even exposures aren't about getting rid of the anxiety. It's about learning how to be with the anxiety, right? Look at you, professional. Whoa, Whoa. It's almost, don't get crazy. It's almost like you treat OCD <laughs> or something. It's wild. Don't get crazy. Um, can you please make a video about real event OCD? We can, we certainly have that it on is. our agenda. It's on um, our, yeah, it's on our to-dos. Um, I was just going to say, I did have a client. No, I didn't have a client. I made that up in my head because I'm a sociopath. Um, Obviously. but, or maybe I'm not going <laughs> to the maybe statement. Um, Stop, but no. what I was going to say was high five and nailed it. Um, I don't remember if Tom told me this story or someone else, but the compulsive exposure work is someone had a fear of HIV. So they'd avoid red dots. So then they started compulsively going into places and every time they'd see a red dot, they'd have, they'd have to touch it compulsively as an exposure with a bigger obsession going on, which is obsessing on obsessing, right? Like what if my OCD comes back? So I have to compulsively do Exposure, exposure word right because because OCD, OCD is the ultimate mind f and i can't say the f word even though it's one of my favorites because even though i said it three times so did they you? might ban us at four yeah i think i did i missed it that's how a long it registers weeks. for me um yeah and which we should do an obsessing about obsessing one because i feel like that's it's a good one super important when people start to seek therapy, will they become more aware of their compulsions in the beginning? Is it possible they will feel worse before they get better? Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I, again, the, the this is the main thrust of treatment is that it's not about feeling better. And that by accepting. Well, I wonder. Well, I wonder if they're just saying, sorry, I wonder if they're just saying like they feel worse because they all of a sudden realize how severe their OCD is, right? Like that they feel worse because, oh, shit, I've, I've been doing compulsions for years that I didn't even recognize as compulsions or, oh, my gosh, there's all these mental stuff, mental compulsions going on. I didn't even recognize that kind of. Right. No, and that's fair enough that you might feel worse because of the judgment around what's right. been happening. I think there's if, if you mean it in the way of just being more aware of the thoughts when they do come in and feeling more triggered that yes you that may also occur also. yeah absolutely and remember that the whole aim of treatment is to trigger yourself that's what exposure therapy is it's triggering yourself on purpose so that you can learn how to be in the presence of the thoughts and the feelings without doing the compulsive behaviors yes ma'am yep that's um, Anything else? Um, the OCD and, and the personality disorder that may accompany it. Somebody is asking about an explanation there. Um, Sorry, my, what, I'll read it again. Um, just, can you explain the difference between OCD and the personality disorder that may accompany it? The first mm. thing that I want to point out is that they're two, and maybe you mean this. So if I'm if I'm mincing your words here, don't worry. Uh, sorry about that, but um, they don't co-occur necessarily. Um, they they might, but OCPD is the main difference from my vantage point is that one is egosyntonic and one the behaviors are egodystonic. So what we mean by that is that egosyntonic means like in keeping with what you want. And so if you have OCPD, you want things to be hyper organized and managed in a certain way, as opposed to somebody who has just right or sym symmetry obsessions that they are within the framework of OCD is that it's egodystonic. It feels like they have to do this thing, even though they don't really want to, because it needs to be a certain way or else they'll feel off. Right. And they feel with the OCPD stuff, the personality stuff, it's more everybody else is wrong and my way is right. So yeah. it must be done this way. And it actually gives them 
pleasure, they get relief. And, and I mean like really real relief in doing what we might consider compulsive behavior. And yeah. it bothers them that no one else does that. Now I know at first blush, it might seem like, well, that is an OCD like that, but no, in fact, it's not. Because if you've ever lived with OCD, you would know that at some point you could be at tears doing compulsive behavior. Whereas this wouldn't be the case. There's lots of other personality traits that go with OCPD as well. Yeah. Um, and that don't, you don't really necessarily see an OCD. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's a personality trait. It's just yep. who they are. Yep. I did see, by the way, meta OCD about always being aware of the obsession and it never going away. It feels like there is no ERP for this as any ERP is a compulsion. Well, um, I'm but, not where you are. Sorry. So um, I think I'm getting closer toward the end. I'm not sure though, because it's like a, okay. it's mm -hmm. a random scroll, but it says meta OCD. Oh, okay, always found being, it. You found it. Mm -hmm. um, there's no ERP for this. I think that there is ERP for always being aware of an obsession. What you would want to do is actually bring it to the forefront of your mind more frequently. So yeah, like you do that or post-its. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're, if you're doing exposures compulsively, then the exposure is to not do the exposure. Bam. I know it's the shittiest. It's such a shitty subtype. I hate it it gets a lot of us, you usually, it's good news because usually it comes at the end of treatment because you've gotten rid of the, the first the primary obsession. Yeah. So it's always like, okay, I frame it as like, well, we know we've, <laughs> we're moving on up. We're taking um, it to the next level. We're getting to the next level of the video game. Yeah. Saying. It's saying like, well, I guess it's going to distract me for the rest of my life. Okay. But yeah. The acceptance piece is, is huge too. Um, for sure. I did also see, yeah, did you see the one about uh, thoughts coming up at the time you're going to sleep? Yeah, what to do if thoughts come up at the time we're going to sleep. Um, those are the best. God. Well, and this is where uh, mental compulsions become really difficult, too, because it's not just the thoughts that are coming up. The problem is that you want to engage with them and, and start like a whole dialogue with yourself. And so sometime what what I'll often advocate for is like a, a mindfulness meditation essentially as you're falling asleep is to to anchor on something notice when the thoughts come up accept the thoughts accept the anxiety come back to the anchor whether that's the feeling of your body against the mattress or your head against the pillow or maybe the experience of breathing mm -hmm. and also with that just in in, in the insomnia world because I have sleep issues because why not let's add Just some sure. more <laughs> hit all the categories it's really fun to hang out with me by the way um but it's really a great time it is um, I can attest to that <laughs> it's not but okay I'm glad you think so right I do um wait what was it oh with insomnia stuff sometimes we have to just get out of bed and say, okay, I've been stuck in mental rumination or I've been stuck in intrusive thoughts for 10, 15 minutes. Now I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to try to be present with, you know, grounding myself. Like what Lauren said is we're not pushing the thoughts away. We're not avoiding them, but we're grounding ourselves in something outside of our mind. We're grounding for ourselves sure. in reality. But sometimes changing your environment is good. Like getting out of bed. Um, Right. And even that's using my only like, tidbit. I was going to say that's you're much better at this stuff because of your own lived experience of it. But even reading a book in bed can be helpful because it's, oh, wait, can you hear me? I can't hear I you. Can. Oh, there you are. By the way, we have 41 seconds remaining, I'm just seeing. Okay. So we should probably wrap it up. Oh, um, okay. We got to end this. But if we missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I missed, if we missed anything, please feel free to message us and we can see about addressing it later. Um, okay. Take care, yeah. you guys. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Bye. All right. Bye. See you.
Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.